Welcome to the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I'm Deborah Herlax Enos, a small town girl turned TV nutritionist and healthy living expert. I design health programs for the average guy or gal, including those average guys named Metallica. On September 1st, 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I asked every oncologist the same question, why did I get cancer? But none of my doctors had good answers for me. I wanted answers and that's why I started this podcast. I wanna help you to lower your cancer risk and provide self-care tips for those in the battle. I'm getting answers and I wanna share them with you. What did I take away from today's episode? The dangers of mercury amalgams on every aspect of your body. Mercury in any amount is never a good idea. I still cannot get my head around the fact that we still today, according to Dr. Blodgett, use mercury fillings in people throughout our country. High levels of mercury can lead to nerve issues, respiratory issues. It can impact your brain and your kidneys. And when the mercury goes in your tooth, it doesn't magically no longer impact your body. Every time you have hot tea or hot coffee, it releases more mercury vapor into your body. This is not a good idea. Listen to today's episode to get more tips from Dr. Blodgett. Oh, I'm so excited about today's podcast. Dr. Kelly Blodgett, who is a, I'll say biodentist, Sure. I know a little bit about being a biodentist. You teach people to think outside the box with their dental and oral health. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it means to be a biodentist? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, the way I perceive it is it's almost the fulfillment of where you started in dental school to begin with, which is, you know, you, you don't start with dr- tooth drilling 101, right? You start with anatomy and physiology and looking at the entire body of the human being and understanding the entire nervous system, cardiovascular system, all that. Uh, And you would think like there should be a reason for all that understanding. And it turns out that everything in the mouth is connected to everything else in the body, not just through nerves and blood supply and lymphatics, but energetically as well. And uh, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I don't know about the title, but if we're going to call it, you know, biodentist, holistic dentist, whatever, there's a lot of words out there, you know, uh, that dentists use. And they're not regulated, right? C- correct. I mean, there are certain specialties within dentistry, endodontist, pedi- you know, pedodontist, periodontist, oral surgeon, things like that. There's no specialty per se for holistic or biological dentistry. There are uh, board certification programs, which I went through and you know, hold a couple of board certifications in naturopathic medical dentistry, for instance. Um, but it's it's really our focus is to understand the ways in which uh, a person's dental issues have impacted their overall health. Optimally, we would help them stay healthy from the get-go uh, so that, you know, their genetics and life energy can just express itself fully and they're healthy. But, you know, of course, the majority of the people who come to see me, are, they've, they're quite off of that track uh, and have suffered the consequences of the traditional drill and fill, you know, treat one tooth at a time as though it's not connected to your rest of your body approach. So, yeah, that's, that's what I do every day. Yeah. And I would imagine most people would have a hard time getting their head around the fact that what happens in your mouth can then impact your gut or impact, you know, your elbow joint. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how how that actually happens. How does oral health impact the rest of the body? Sure. We could could spend a lot of time on that one, (laughs) for sure. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because the first thing is, is the most obvious. It is the entrance to the GI tract. It's, it's, literally part of the entire tube that goes from one end of us to the other. Uh, and it kind of sets the pace if you think about it, right? Like the enzymes, for instance, that are uh, the, uh, present in your saliva help to digest your food. And so let's say somebody's on medication, for instance, that shuts down their salivary flow, uh, which millions, if not billions of people are taking, uh, then they're not digesting as well. You know, their food isn't broken down and therefore they're not absorbing as well and their systemic health gets worse. That's like one example. Uh, we're starting to better understand 
both through uh, transdermal or transmucosal absorption in the mouth, as well as lymphatic absorption from our jaw bones and gum tissue, the extent to which toxins from, let's say, gum disease uh, or mercury fillings or fluoride that we're absorbing constantly, uh, how those things can impact your whole body health, the gut, of course, is w- which is part of that. Anything that's in the mouth, let's say, let's just pick on mercury fillings because it's so obvious. Mercury comes with the whole skull and crossbones, you know, sign on the box, but somehow miraculously when you mix it up and stick it into a tooth, it, you know, it's safe. But when you take it out, you have to have a mercury separator in your suction line system, you know, which costs thousands of dollars. So it's kind of insanity if you think about it. Even the American Dental Association, it was kind of coincidental, I think, two months after COVID hit, they put out this press release saying like, oh, we actually acknowledge that they do constantly, mercury fillings, that is, do constantly give off mercury vapor. We, we think it's safe enough, unless you're, you know, a woman of childbearing age or a child under six. Uh, it's not safe for them, but everybody else, it's safe enough. It, it's just, it's craziness. But of course, through chewing, mm-hmm. that mercury mixes with your food. That's the vapor, right? That's coming off your fillings and you're swallowing it. On top of that, the vapor is coming off. Imagine if you're sitting there with your mouth open, sleeping at night. And breathing through your- Right, or grinding your teeth. Yep, all that vapor is going into your lungs, which you absorb, just like you would, you know, cigarette smoke or something like that, right? So it's it's amazing how it's all connected, but I don't know if it's because of the, you know, like, well, it doesn't hurt, so I don't think about it kind of a thinking. Um, but obviously, it's usually when people become aware, like there's they have suffered significantly or are suffering from chronic health decline, cancer, you know, things like that. And it's like, wow, what, what, what an extent to have to go to start recognizing something so obvious that your mouth is in fact connected to the rest of your body. Right. Right. And on that, on that mercury amalgams, I, I remember it was probably 30 years ago. I was just starting in this field and I remember thinking, hold on, mercury goes to my dentist's office. you practically in a hazmat kit. And then abracadabra, something happens when it goes into my mouth. So I actually had all my amalgams taken out (laughs) about 30 years ago. And I remember my dentist saying, you're nuts. And I... I hardly had any money at the time, so I had to budget for it. You know, it took me months to be able to pay for it. But I felt like yeah. at that time, I really needed to, to do something because I knew that this was just a train wreck. Yeah. Well, and you think about the energy of it as well. I mean, the the, the release of mercury is just plain obvious. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you drop a, a compact fluorescent light bulb on the floor and the mercury, you know, spills out like, you literally have to bring in the hazmat team, right? I mean, that's wow. the that's the recommendation anyway, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very minute amount of right. mercury. It's not even not even one percent of what's in a uh, average filling. Really, uh, but then think about the energetics as well. When you put in one alloy, and then maybe somebody gets a a gold crown or a porcelain fused on top of a gold crown or a dental implant or braces or, you know, just starting adding up the metals Mm -hmm. in an electrolyte bath, which is your saliva. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden energy can change. Now for some people, they can tolerate a ton of that and it's, they won't have symptoms. Uh, Other people, you know, maybe two, two substances and their whole energy starts getting out of whack. So, you know, the, the concept of bio-individual thinking is is critically important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't know people's backgrounds. And, you know, for example, I grew up on a farm, so I was surrounded by chemicals. It was the 70s and 80s. I was surrounded by chemicals. So maybe my body wouldn't have been able to handle a lifetime of all those amalgams in my mouth. But somebody else, maybe they have, I hate to use the word resilient, but maybe they're just, they're, they're put together differently. Sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, we all we all detox differently. Our gut health's different. You know, mm-hmm. that's true. We all do detox differently. So, are um, Dr. Blodgett, are amalgams still being used in dentistry today? I hate to tell you, but yes. Um, oh my gosh! Really? Yeah, it's even in dental schools. 
most dental schools are still, as a matter of fact, I was talking with my hygienist this week because we're looking at having them do some of the restorative work because they're trained to do it. And I asked them, I asked them about what was your experience like in hygiene school learning about restoring teeth? And, and they all told me the same thing. They, they hated doing it because they made them, now mind you, these gals graduated two years ago, right? <laughs> so two years ago, they were being forced to put mercury fillings in people's teeth in Portland, Oregon, right? It's supposed to be a very health-focused uh, town and all this, right? Absolutely. Right? And mm-hmm. it's like, huh, that's interesting. Like, And they're, they're standing on the idea that, well, they're strong, you know? I mean, you can chew against them, and that's true. Like, that's not a lie to say that. Of course, it is a strong material, but at what cost, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and in reality, are there other materials that are just as, they're no more expensive, ultimately, mm-hmm. um, and just as much uh, easy to place, if not perhaps easier to use other materials. So it's like, why are we still doing that? Uh, it's just because it's hard to move people's cheese, right? Like, <laughs> to try to change yeah. the profession, it's like the guy who invented the the uh, arthroscopic knee surgery was almost laughed out of town and you know, 50 years ago. And now every orthopedic surgeon does arthroscopy, right? You wouldn't imagine of cutting open a knee widely. That's really but true. But dentistry is, dentistry is, it's one of those very slow to change uh, mm-hmm. professions. At least that's been my observation. Hmm. Okay. Do you also think, this is a bit of a long question. I think most people on another percentage are scared to go to see their dentist. And I know that's one of the reasons why you got into dentistry. You really felt, you know, that still strong voice inside to get in there and and change things. So do people just kind of, pun intended, I guess, grin and bear it. They get in the chair and they just say, okay, whatever you want to do, do it because I just want to get out of here as quickly as possible. So they don't ask questions. <laughs> well, I can't, you know, I can't speak for how it is in any other practice. What I can tell you that, to, to paint a picture for you of how w- the patients in my practice, by and large, are, are struck by a sense of calm and, dare I say, comfort and peace mm. because of how we've designed a physical space where when they first come to our practice, we don't go into a dental chair. We spend time in what's called our wellness wing where we've designed special rooms that have comfortable furniture and, you know, the, the hygienist who is, you know, taking them on the journey of their new patient experience, they could be over there for a half an hour, 45 minutes, listening to their history and, and really getting to know that human being and their experience and their struggles and their health history. You know, we, we want to develop relationships and, and, and then, once we are going to a cl- more clinical space, all of the information we gather is is stuff that people can understand. Three dimensional radiography, where it's 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 no uh, it's not hard to understand when you see something three dimensional that you relate to, right? And, and photograph. Mm-hmm. I mean, we take high quality photographs with cam- you know every team member has their own camera, and we relate that to them so they can see what's going on with their o- own health. I think a lot of time when people are fearful, it's because they have a lack of understanding. Um, and for good reason, like when people just tell you to lean back and they start telling you things like you need this or you should do that. And, it, you know, basically putting judgment on you, them they're just sharing their judgment uh, toward you. There's no understanding. So we right. start with the concept of what's your goal for your health, Right. And, and mm-hmm. then from there, okay, well, if it's your goal to keep your teeth and have minimal dental work, if we're seeing issues, here's how we would go about, you know, addressing that. And they become a part of the decision-making process. Because um, I don't want to own people's health. It's their health. So it when is. I tell them, you know what I mean? If I tell them you need something, now I'm saying you need it. And it's my opinion that has been forced upon them. And I won't do that. So I think yeah. that once people feel a part of the experience, then the fear tends to, for most people, tends to dissipate. Um, and that's one of the hardest things when I have people reaching out to me from around the globe and they're like, who 
who is doing what you're doing in, let's say, Austin, Texas? I'm like, uh, I don't know anybody that takes this kind of time. I mean, every new patient gets at least, at least two hours in our practice where there's no clinical. We, we shut the entire practice down for new patient day. But I know that that's not the case in most practices. And it wasn't in mine for years. Uh, it took us a long time to see that, you know, the way that we're going about this dis- disconnects us from the human being we're trying to serve. And it becomes all about the tooth work, not about serving a human being. So, yeah, now that we're doing these, it's, it's amazing. And then it's, again, just focused on the mouth And so if you're only focused on the mouth, then people just think, well, my mouth has nothing to do with my gut and has nothing to do with other body parts. But it sounds like you really are looking at the whole person, which is a bit shocking. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it it starts with the psycho-emotional, maybe spiritual and energetic connection with another person. Mm Mm-hmm. If we, if we don't make that, then the dentistry, in my mind, it, it, we're not going to go there, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I, it, once we have that connection and we know that we care about one another and we can, you know, both be present, I, I'm just so not into putting dogma onto anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do want to meet their goals. So, like, and part of this started out, you know, years ago, we had a woman who called up, and this was maybe seven or eight years ago, she called up and says, You know, I've got two root canal teeth and I can't tell you why, but they don't feel right. They never have felt right. And I think it's impacting my health. Every dentist I've seen says they're fine and they won't touch them, but I want them out of my head. And my front office person brought that story to me and I thought, well, you know, I mean, I've been trained to take out teeth very effectively and safely. And, uh, you know, if she wants them out of their bo- her body based on what, how she feels and what she's experiencing, who am I to tell her that your experience mm-hmm. isn't real? Exactly right. You know? And so we did, in fact, after talking with her about her, her options, did, we did take those two teeth out. When she came back two weeks later, it was as though a new human being walked through our door. It was, the whole team was so struck by hmm. her transformation that it's like we all got it. And that was really the start of me moving into this biological sphere of care. What were some of the things that that were different about her after you removed the the root canals? Uh, Primary, well, and here's what she told me. I will never forget it. So she she was working in a naturopathic health clinic, first of all. So she's surrounded with, you know, the best of the best for health management. And she felt like garbage. She had no energy. She was tired all the time. Um, She just didn't feel like herself. Two weeks later, she comes in and, you know, she's bouncing off the walls and full of energy. And I'm like, well, okay, this is amazing. And I said, well, how are you feeling? She's like, I can't, I can't believe how amazing I feel. She says, my, my husband is kind of upset though. And I'm thinking like, what, like, uh uh-oh, what, why, like, why is he upset? She, I said, so I asked her, I said, why is he upset? She's like, what did I do? I have so much energy. He, he doesn't even know what to do with me. And I'm like, wow. I mean, of course, it's funny to laugh, but what a blessing that she got her life back. She got her life back. Yeah. I mean, I hear this every single day when I'm meeting people from around the country. Like just this week, I was talking on the same morning. One woman was from South Carolina, one from Dallas, Texas their stories of health transformation and their, their husbands had both traveled with them and corroborated that like, yep, I thought this was going to be the biggest bunch of baloney. And now I have my wife back and it was worth every bit of effort. And I'm like, it's just incredible. Yeah. You know, you're doing the right work when you, when you hear comments like that from people and honestly, Dr. Blodgett, who would ever think that, that root canal could result in her just not feeling good systemically. Her entire body, she didn't have the energy. She sounded like she didn't have the zest for living anymore. Yep. How, I just, it boggles the mind. Yeah. Well, one of the tools yeah. that we have put on our website is an interactive uh, tooth energy meridian chart. And I refer people to mm-hmm. it all the time. Just, just to take, go do an accounting of what you've had done in your own mouth. Like most people have had a panoramic x-ray, just get your own panoramic x-ray, have the dentist tell you like which tooth is 
number two and 15 and 18 and 31, and you can do your own mm -hmm. math and start okay. looking at like, what am I experiencing in my oral health? And mm -hmm. what am I experiencing systemically? And do I see any connections? You may or you may not. Like, I'm not saying that it's, it's not, if I have learned one thing in the past 25 years, it is that health is not linear. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, really true. Yeah. even the energy of that human being sitting next to me, whether it's a, a friend, a coworker, um, you know, a patient, a mentor, their energy affects my energy. It does. So why, why would we not focus first on enhancing the energetic experience of those we serve before we go into a, an environment that of course is going to be somewhat, it requires vulnerability and, it, you know, potential for discomfort. You know what I mean? We have chosen to take a very different path. Uh, anybody can do it. Um, I'm just to the point of my career now where thank the Lord, I have, you know, dentists who are starting to ask like, Hey, you know, could you coach me on how to do this? And it would be just a, what a wonderful way I could use my energy to share, uh, you know, how we've done that. Right. So now you're moving into mentoring, it sounds like. I hope to. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever cooked with bison? I absolutely love the taste of bison. And basically, it's a replacement for ground beef. Not that I have anything against ground beef. But one of the things I love about bison is it's got higher levels of B12. It's got higher levels of zinc, iron, selenium. Two other things that I love about bison is it's really nutrient dense and it actually has more omega-3 fatty acids than beef. I'm always trying to get more omega-3 fatty acids. I also love that it contains conjugated linoleic acid. Translation, what that means is it's got some anti-inflammatory properties. And you know, I'm all about trying to lower my levels of inflammation. I'm always telling my friends and family to use more bison. You cook it up just like you do ground beef. Now it does have lower fat levels. So you're gonna have to maybe just not cook it as long and, and really keep a better eye on it if you're making burgers. But in my efforts to try to get more people to eat bison, I reached out to my friends at ButcherBox and I asked them, can you give my community free bison for a year? And I got to tell you, they did think about it for a couple of days, but then they came back and they said, we will do this for you. They're not doing it for anybody else. So go to butcherbox.com forward slash Enos, then use the code Enos. I know that is a lot of the word Enos. And you're going to get free bison for a year and $20 off of your first box. I honestly don't know how long this offer is going to last. So I really encourage you to sign up today. Start using bison. It tastes exactly like beef, but I honestly think it's got a little bit of a stronger flavor. And so I love using it in tacos. I make burgers with it. I crumble it over salads. So again, go to butcherbox.com forward slash Enos. Use the code Enos for $20 off your first box and free bison for a year. It's going to be an awesome summer. So um, you bring up root canals. I've actually never had one, but I know that they are incredibly common. I think kind of like the mercury amalgams, I, I didn't understand that, but maybe I also don't have a good understanding of a root canal because isn't the tooth dead and you're kind of just trying to resurrect it and... You could just get rid of the tooth maybe and not go through all the trauma. Yeah. So so here's the problem, right? Is that the, I would say maybe starting about a hundred years ago, roughly, when root canal technology, if we want to call it that, uh, you know, became good enough that most dentists could do it. The idea in that time was like, well, I mean, it's a tooth. Of course, you want to keep every tooth in your mouth. And I, I get that argument, of course. Like, it's an aesthetic concern. It's a functional concern. Absolutely, totally get that. The problem is a tooth, not the part that we see, right? When I give a big cheesy grin, we're looking at enamel. And that is relatively impervious to anything except acids, which is what breaks teeth down in the first place for people who get decay. However, the dentin, which is the second layer of the tooth, which is probably 80 to 85% of your actual tooth structure, it's, por it's porous, just like a sponge. 
so so let's say you you have a root canal whether the tooth was traumatized it was had decay who knows what the nerve died or it's or it's mad they remove the pulp material the nerve the blood supply the lymphatics inside the tooth they remove all that stuff clean it out to whatever extent they do and then seal that inner skinny canal so you seal the inner part of the tooth. How does that change the fact that the entirety of the root itself is porous like a sponge, right? So now that you have no uh, uh, immune system connection to that tooth, how is your body going to deal with the slow migration of microbes through that porous tooth structure and into your jawbone? And the truth is that you're... If you have a functional immune system, it can stay asymptomatic, meaning it doesn't hurt. The tooth doesn't hurt. But energetically, the very second that the tooth dies, instantly that tooth is now disconnected from the energetic field of your body. So that will have, think of it like uh, if you're an electrician, uh, you put a resistor in the circuit. You're literally decreasing energetic flow. And that's why it's so helpful, let's say, uh, for instance, upper first molars, one of the most common teeth in the human body to get root canal because it comes into your mouth at six years of age. And people, you know, kids don't know how to manage their oral health. So they commonly get decayed. They break down. They get root canal. Those two teeth are connected to the thyroid gland. And if you look at, like, the number of people who come in reporting of hypothyroidism having root canals on one or both upper first molars, the percentage of that is so high. It's unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I would love to say I'm making this stuff up, but it's like, mm -hmm. I, I've just observed patient after patient after patient after patient. Right. We tend to see right. 12 to 15 new patients every Monday. And it's like, Wow, you know, the, the connection similarly to your question about gut health, I can mm -hmm. share a story with you if, if we want to take the time about a gentleman. Okay. Well, here, here's, the, here's the scenario, gut health and teeth, okay? This gentleman came to my practice probably two years pre-COVID mm -hmm. and he had mercury fillings all in his teeth and I had suggested, why don't we take the mercury out, uh, you know, based on his goals of wanting to be healthy We'll take those out and we'll do either fillings or ceramic inlays or something that is minimally invasive as possible. So, you know, he goes home to think about it. He decides to get a second opinion from a dentist who's on his insurance plan. Mm -hmm. And that dentist says, well, I think we can just crown everything, which, which means you're going to literally rip off every bit of enamel that's built to, on your tooth to protect you and glue on this metal-based crown because it's on his molars, right? Yep. So he gets these four crowns. Within one year, three of those teeth die, and he gets root canals. And he goes from having a lifetime of normal bowel movements to now he can't, like every single day, he's just having diarrhea. He can't keep anything down. Thankfully, his sister has been a long-time long patient, and she says, you need to go back and see Dr. Blodgett. So when he it was so interesting, I, I'll never forget it. He calls me a month after COVID kicks in, right? So mm -hmm. in, in Oregon at that time, we're out, right? We're, yeah, we're not supposed right. to be practicing except for emergencies. Now, in my opinion, mm -hmm. somebody who cannot digest food, is that's an emergency. It is an emergency, right. So we go in to see him. He's got these three root canals. He's like, I just want them out. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, what a what a waste, of course, right? Because it, right. it was all, all unnecessary, but it all is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. We take out those three teeth. And by the way, at this point in time when his teeth are in there and he can't absorb anything, the guy is so bloated and puffed up like a mm. balloon. Like hmm. his whole body was not doing well. We take nice. out the teeth. He comes back two weeks later. He's lost like 20 to 25 pounds of water weight. He's had normal poops since the day the teeth came out. And I'm like, you can't make this stuff up, you know? I mean, you it's can't. incredible. And of course, all those molars are on the, uh, I believe it's the large intestine meridian, which, you know, of course, has something to do with having a regular poop or not, you know? 
So really interesting stuff. Okay, so um, weird question, but maybe not so weird because this conversation is is uh, absolutely amazing. So it sounds like the teeth are a little bit like reflexology of the feet and hands, where you rub your bottom of your foot and it corresponds to your eyelid, or you know your you know sacrum. Is is are the teeth? kind of like a reflexology pattern? Yeah, I mean, just think of acupuncture meridian uh, meridians throughout the body. So, I mean, I can't explain mm-hmm. why when the acupuncturist, you know, puts a needle in my thumb that it's helping something mm-hmm. with my right knee. You know, I don't understand that. Uh, I, I don't just, either. I just know yeah. it works, you know? And I know that when we clear up infectious issues and energetic blockages in people's mouths and normalize it, which, you know, that that is most, we are not taught how to do that in dental school, unfortunately. Um, there are a lot of, mm-hmm. of tricks that I have learned and tech, techniques and technologies that we utilize, uh, things I've learned in the past five to seven years that have changed how we serve patients drastically. Uh, the good news mm-hmm. is we actually see people get healthy now which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. In shocking ways, actually. You know, who would have ever thought you'd have normal bowel movements after having, you know, some old dental work removed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. It's so common. Um, It certainly sounds like a day in your life is fascinating. Um, One of the reasons I started, well, the main reason I started this podcast is I don't want to get cancer again. And I don't want, Anybody who's listening and anybody I love, I don't want anybody to ever get cancer. But it sounds like there are some things we can do in our health with our mouth that could lower cancer risk. And one of those questions I have, um, I've never been a super big fan of fluoride. Um, I've never really understood how putting it in water, you know, hitting your gut, how does that bounce up and and keep my teeth from getting cavities? Are there things that we're currently doing, like the root canals and maybe, you know, fluoride in water that maybe are not doing the things that we think they're doing in our body? Yeah, I would absolutely say so. And And I think that, gosh, you know, when we look at the medical model, the, the idea of what is cancer to begin with, you know, because you're bringing up such a good point. I, I had a patient reach out to me six weeks ago. This is just, it's such a powerful story that I mm-hmm. want to share it. Um, she lives about an hour south of Portland and she reached out to me and said, you know, uh, I just got a diagnosis of cancer and, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm not her regular dentist, you know, it's like she comes to me for, I removed a root canal, I put in a ceramic implant, things like that. So she was diagnosed with lymphatic cancer in her neck and hmm. she was told like, we need to start radiation and chemo immediately. And I said, well, time out a second here. Like, have, have I think we should verify that there's no risk going on in your mouth first. Because you have to think about what drains through that lymphatic chain. It's everything in your head. So right. I said, I would highly advise before you start anything that you get up here, I'll, you know, I'll stay late, whatever. Like we've got to, we've got to see you. Well, mm-hmm. we updated a three-dimensional cone beam scan to do an assessment from the top of her head to the, you know, mid neck. And lo and behold, we saw some areas in her wisdom teeth sites where she had had them removed 30 plus years ago that looked, let's just say suspicious. I can't, I can't diagnostically say anything from an x-ray or a, a, a CT scan, but I said, you know, this just looks highly suspicious to me. If it were possible, I mean, this is just kind of Christmas list, right? You know, I said, if it were possible, I would suggest you get to St. Louis, Missouri, see a doctor by the name of Simon Yu and have him do some acupuncture meridian assessment because I know him personally and I know how he practices. Well, as it worked out, she actually did go and see him and not looking at x-rays at all, just using energetic measurements. When he measured her wisdom teeth sites, they were like, instead of being at a, a, a balanced range on our, on our, uh, ours read from our, our measurements go from zero to 150 would be balanced, right? 
So you don't want to see things at 75. You don't want to see things at 25. 50 mm-hmm. would be balanced. And her measurements were in the 25 to 30 range in her Wisdom two sites. Mm-hmm. So by the grace of God, she was able to fly back after she saw him on a Monday. I cleaned up her cavitations two days later. That's what we call a cavitation lesion. Mm-hmm. I sent that material that was in her jawbone to a DNA lab in, in Denver where they found on both their oral panel of all these different microbes that they're assessing, the highest content was parasites and wow. of like 14 Lyme associated bugs in, on their Lyme panel, eight of those 14 my, uh, Lyme microbes were in her jawbone, which is just shocking. Oh my and so gosh. Now, yeah, now, now she's on treatment for managing her parasitic and Lyme infections mm-hmm. that the doctor you is helping her with and, you know, like having supportive ozone therapies, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her body is now has the chance to heal itself rather than let's go through this process of killing you with radiation and chemo. So mm-hmm. not to say that there aren't appropriate times for that, of course. However, we have to rule out what the contribution of the mouth could potentially be. And here's the kicker. When she came to see me on that first visit, I said, because she tells me that day, she's like, uh, I just want to make sure that I'll be able to get out by noon because my chemo starts today. And I'm like, what do you mean your oh chemo starts gosh. today? I, said, I asked, I said, did you get dental clearance for this? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, how on earth did that happen? She's like, well, I went to my Kaiser dentist, you know, and he said everything looked fine. And so they gave me dental clearance. I'm like, if you don't know what to look for, Right. How in the hell can you give somebody clearance, you right. know? Right. So I'm so glad to say she, and this is what was fascinating. You know, she came back two weeks later to get her stitches out. And this, and I hear this over and over and over again. And for people who are struggling with health issues, they really have no idea how much better they can feel until they manage this stuff. But her comment was, I can't describe it any other way except to say my entire body and spirit feels lighter. Hmm. Like I feel, I feel unburdened and I'm like, wow, you know, like it's, it's a shock to go from a state of feeling like I think I'm going to potentially die right. to, I know, I know, and I trust that my body has intelligence and has the ability to heal itself provided we remove the roadblocks that are in front of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, that's what I hope through our practice and God willing, many others mm-hmm. over time that we can actually help people see you have to look in the mouth first. Mm-hmm. It's the number one roadblock, root canals, cavitations, mercury fillings, uh, you know, fluoride exposure, which you brought up, like nobody needs fluoride, right? For how many millennia were people eating whole foods, not getting tooth decay, and they weren't having, you know, adding fluoride to the top of the mountain stream, you know? Right. It's, right. Great. it's amazing. We survived for so many years without fluoride. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting too. You look in like Colorado, there are, there are places where due to the rock formations and the minerals that come off of the mm-hmm. land through which the water goes, there's a high level of fluoride and those people have a higher risk for dental fluorosis, mm-hmm. which is like the malformation of teeth and skeletal fluorosis. Oh, interesting. It's like, okay. Like, why would we bother doing that to people? It makes no sense. So it just goes to show you, you know, in that natural example, you know, fluoride consumed systemically in water, it maybe isn't our our best bet. And there are still municipalities in our country that are adding fluoride to water, correct? I I think most, yes. I mean, I know Portland, Oregon is one of the, the few that isn't. Uh, of course, you know, these days, most people eat processed foods that are made in areas where it is fluoridated. And so they're, every time they open a can of beans or a, a, a kombucha that was made, you know, in a different city, you know, like there's going to be fluoride there. So, you know, figuring out how to minimize risk is probably a healthy thing and a, a wise choice. That's interesting. I hadn't considered fluoride water, you know, used for things like kombucha and some of those examples you gave. That's interesting. So we're probably, even though, you know, I have a filter and all these different things on my water and and I'd like to think I'm not getting that much fluoride. If I'm buying processed things or eating in restaurants, yep. yeah, I'm getting 
systemic fluoride. Yeah. Which again, like, I think it's, we're all going to get exposed to stuff, right? I had somebody right. ping me just this week about like, do you guys use a 3D cone beam scan? Because isn't that dangerous? And I'm like, you know, if you get on a flight from New York to Portland, you're going to get x-ray exposure. You know, as much as a full set of dental x-rays, you will get flying across the country. We're always mm-hmm. exposed. That's why, like, we have to trust that our body's system and support that system, of course, you know, knows right. how to manage the chronic uh, oxidative exposures that we experience. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. It is part of life. And we have native and non-native. I mean, we get a lot of radiation from cell phones and they just put a 5G tower in across the street from my house, which I'm really unhappy about. Nobody asked me. (laughs) Nobody got my feedback. Um, So I'm really trying to avoid getting cancer again. Do you have some advice for me, which of course is going to translate to everybody listening. Where's a good place for me to start with my oral health to lower my cancer risk? Yeah. Um, well, certainly you can come see me. I mean, (laughs) that's an option. We see a lot of people from three plus hours away who drive all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course you can pretty much fly from three hours from anywhere in the country too. But, um, you know, that's not an option for everybody. I do receive a number of messages through Instagram uh, where people ask, like, who, who can I see in, and then you name the city. You know, honestly, right. there, there really aren't a lot of practices that do exactly what we do. I know a handful in the country. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky enough to be, you know, near Austin, Texas, or, you know, Connecticut, or a couple others, you know, Salt Lake City, Utah, there are some places where I could say, you know what, I would go to that dentist. And I just, I think the world of them, it won't be Blodgett mm-hmm. Care, 100%. It won't, it won't yeah. be that in the, it'll be a different energy, but they're great people. Um, okay. the, I, I, I do advise uh, if people are like, well, I, I really would prefer to find somebody in my own city. Uh, because of the convenience. I totally understand that. You're going to have to do research. So start with, um, you could go to the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine's website and and look at their list of dentists. You could go to the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology website. Uh, I'm a member of both. Um, you know, so you can start there, but I would warn people that some people are like, they just trade one dogma for another, you know, like, well, uh, well, I I used to do root canals and now root canals are a sin and, you know, the bane of my existence. Well, you know what? I, I don't, there are certainly a lot of health risks associated with root canals. I think there are a lot of ways they can degrade health, but sometimes a root canal is the best solution out of a bunch of crappy Mm, ones. Yeah. You know, so I I think it's fair to be non-dogmatic and to consider all options. Um, So you can investigate somebody's thoughtfulness by calling their office and asking some questions of the front office team. One, you're going to find out how well trained has this team, you know, how much investment has been made in their own education and the time that they're given to be thoughtful in their responses. Um, that's a good place to start because if they're like, oh, doctor, doctor never does or always does or whatever, it's like, eh, that's right. more dogma. If they're like, that's a great question. And frankly, I don't know the answer. Like, I'm going to do some research and get back to you on that. Boy, now we're talking, right? Now we're talking about thoughtful uh, consideration right. of your health. Right. So, but it's going to take yeah. work. It's going to take work. It's okay because like, let's say you hope to maintain that relationship with that dentist for 10, 20, 30 years just like a marriage, wouldn't you want to have chosen that in, that relationship intentionally? Like we wouldn't, we would never think to uh, rely on our uh, uh, dental or medical or auto insurance company to make our marriage connection for us, right? But our physician, who's arguably gets to know us very, very well, like are we just going to pick them off of a list randomly? I don't think so. So take your time, be thoughtful. 
Uh, it's worth it, it's worth that intentional effort. It really is, and you bring up a lot of really good points. And I'm going to tag in our show notes those two um, associations you mentioned, so that people can do a little bit of research. And then, what about just what kind of daily habits can somebody start to help lower cancer risk starting in their mouth? Yeah, good question. Um, I love this question because my response is typically not dental, uh, and, and okay. I need to. Li- I would be helpful to live by this as well, which is to <laughs> f- find find your time and space of parasympathetic support, you know, to not be in the fight or flight all day. I mean, with the stuff I have to do every day, there's a lot of go, go, go. And there's a lot of intentional focus. Um, you know, personally, I, I find peace and solace in playing music. You know, I mean, I either sit at the piano, pick up a guitar, do something because, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day of, getting into that meditative musical state for me, it really helps me stay balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's interesting is the fluid flow of your teeth becomes health focused, meaning fluid goes from inside the teeth to out. When we're in that fight or flight state, you know, things tend to reverse and are able to come into the tooth. So mm-hmm. it really does have dental benefits to get into that, whether it's yoga, meditation, a nice walk with your dog, whatever brings you to that, that place of my heart rate feels well, I feel centered, that's going to help your dental health more than you know. It'll also help you digest better, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, slow down when you're eating. Take time to plate your food. Okay. Um, you know, you could go to talk to anybody you want about what they think is the best product for this. That I'm not dogmatic about toothbrush, water pick, manual brush, mechanical brush. I mean, I really don't care. Uh, I personally like a mechanical brush because I just like the way it works. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, like some people love flossing, some people love oil pulling. Whatever, if you have something that works for you, and when mm-hmm. you do see your dentist, they're like, wow. I just, I'm so impressed by the state of your health. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, Hmm. the quality of your saliva is going to be way more impactful than what toothpaste you use or what oral rinse you're using because you're only exposed to the toothpaste for five minutes tops. Fascinating. So, okay. So our, the health of our saliva changes the health in our mouth which changes the health in our body. And in order to have healthy saliva, it comes from your blood. In order to have great, healthy blood, you have to be detoxing well and have good nutrient absorption through your gut. In order to have good gut health, you have to have good oral health. It's a loop. Everything's connected. It is a loop. Oh my gosh, I love that. I have never thought about having high quality saliva. I I just, you're you're blowing my mind (laughs) in a good way. This is good. Oh, good. Good. I would encourage for um, any of your listeners and for you, if you haven't read the book called Gut, uh, G-U-T, it's written by a a German physician named Julia Enders, E-N-D-E-R-S. And Julia isn't the typical American spelling. It's a little bit, but if you just put in gut, you'll find her book. She has a whole section about saliva and it's a, you know, it's not a book about dentistry at all, but what you start to learn about the physiology and biochemistry of saliva is mind-blowing. It's so awesome. Uh, and it's a very helpful book just to understand mm-hmm. gut health in general. Okay. Well, I love I've never it. thought about that. But I, I do see products now. I just saw this at Costco the other day um, behind the counter at uh, getting a prescription um, about something about dry mouth. So I'm assuming if you've got a dry mouth, you don't have healthy saliva. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could have the best saliva in the world, but if it's kept in your blood, what's it, you know, what good would it do you, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, and that is one of the downsides to pharmaceuticals is that the vast majority, not all, but the vast majority will impact salivary flow. Um, so, like, if that's the case, you know, get with uh, uh, probably a, either a functional nutritionist, a naturopath, uh, a biological dentist, somebody who can help you figure out how do we optimize salivary flow and reduce, you know, long-term acidic risk. I mean, ultimately that's, that's going to be part of the challenge. You know, might you need some enzymatic support 
because the enzymes aren't present when you're chewing so that your gut can better break down, you know, uh, your, your foods and proteins and fats and all that, you know. I love this because, you know, somebody may not have the budget to go in and replace a lot of dental work, but you can slow down how fast you're eating. You can get some enzymatic support and you can do some basic things that could actually start to change your entire health by changing the saliva that's in your mouth. Yeah. And the other thing that I would acknowledge, because I think it's ever present for so many people and it's so important is if you have experienced or continue to experience fear or shame or guilt about the state of your oral health, you know, having some, offering some grace and forgiveness to yourself for whatever you've experienced in your life around it. Like most of us are doing the best that we can at the time, right? Based on what we understand. And, and, and so, you know, like it, things are what they are and all you can do is move forward and try to figure out how to better manage things in the future. I help a lot of people where we might come up with a plan and, you know, my, my way I describe it is I will draw a map for you. You drive. So you determine whether we go hundred miles an hour or one, one mile per hour. I don't care. As long as we're moving in the right direction, either way works. And it, they both move toward health. I love that. You draw the map and you can go as fast or as slowly as you'd like to go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, this conversation, of course, my mind is going a mile a minute. Okay. I want to go see you. I want to go do this. I want my husband to come. And, you know, I can't change everything this week, but I can start to make some changes. I love, again, slowing down while I eat and staying more in parasympathetic, which parasympathetic is that calm and peace and grace for yourself and grace for humanity, kind of a, um, a mental health where you're just doing whatever it takes to stay calm. For you, it's playing music. For me, maybe it's going for a walk, doing some yoga, reading my Bible, whatever it is, figuring out how to stay in that space of being just more calm and peaceful. Yeah, we could all use more of it. We sure could. We sure could. Oh, Dr. Blodgett, I just, I can't thank you enough for coming on my podcast, Why Did I Get Cancer? I, again, I have learned so much today, things I had never thought about. And I just want to thank you for just being so real and transparent and educating me. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's the, one of the greatest blessings of my life to be able to connect with amazing other human beings like you. And, you know, hopefully we can help help somebody else who's suffering see that there are different ways to approach life where health can be the focus rather than disease prevention. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And it's just sometimes that just a small shift in your attitude. Attitude and outlook. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you for joining me today on the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I've got my shopping guide for all of my cancer self-care items in the show notes, along with information about today's guest and our show sponsors. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. Keep in mind, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a gal that got diagnosed with cancer and wanted answers. If you need medical advice, please be sure to consult with a medical professional. And thank you for listening. 